Hi. I'm sorry. What are you trying to do here? I don't think I've ever seen something so uninspired. What am I listening to here? It's bad. Oh, God, that is It's just, terrible. it's bad. 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 And now, face the critics. Welcome to episode five of Face the Critics. You're listening to Wyatt Bunce, and Andy. I'm... Oh, God. The you know, f- uh, God how, damn. How am I supposed to know when to join Fuck. in when you take those freaking Shakespearean pauses? You know, this is, <laughs> this is, when's my cue? I mean... I believe it's called uh, a sejura, a, a dramatic pause to... Okay. Yeah, well, to bring out meeting. regardless... You're listening to Wyatt Bunce, a painter and an actor... And joining him today is myself, Stuart Upfill Brown, a poet and an actor and a singer. Together, we run this little podcast where we put creative works in progress in front of the critics and make ourselves ready for whatever they're going to do to us. It's often nasty. Nasty. It's great to be here with you, Wyatt. Stuart, it's great to be here with you. Well, before we go into Letters of the Road here, um, you know, we... Wyatt and I actually had a catch-up conversation yesterday because, you know, our relationship with this podcast is getting very business-like, you know, where where it's all about about money. Was Wyatt's joke, it's all about money. Was Wyatt's joke funny enough? You know, are we getting, how's our retention? Where are people dropping off in the podcast? Why are they dropping off in the podcast? Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to find that friendship again yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I think we managed. It was okay, but... um, yeah. You know, we, we... Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was a fine call. <laughs> uh, yeah. In fact, yeah, I'm writing a little something about my fine call with Stuart. Yeah, no, it's true. We've become all about money these days and what sells and what jokes sell and, and what we talk about that makes money. Yeah. Which sponsors are going to pay us the most? We're sharks. And we got to be sharks. Exactly. So this call, the rule was we weren't going to be sharks on the call. We were just going to talk to each other as people. And what we did was we sat in silence for 30 minutes <laughs> ne- until one of us had to say something that wasn't business related. Neither of us did. Yeah. That was the call. Yeah. Yeah. And, and something that I've been struggling with is, you know, getting, getting leverage over Wyatt in this business relationship. You know, we, we both rely so heavily on each other for success. I don't really like being, you know, uh, exposed from a leverage perspective. Um, and what I managed to do last night was uh, I asked him to be a groomsman in my wedding. Um, but there were lots of contingencies, one of which the success of the podcast. So if Wyatt drops off, he loses groomsman status. So mm-hmm. it's great to have leverage mm-hmm. and, and as, if there's a real clear power structure, I find that, you know, business businesses are just more successful that way. So establish it. And I w- couldn't have been more honored to be asked to be a, a groomsman. Uh, it's actually my first time ever being a groomsman, which which he knows. And, and therefore, him holding it over me just has all the more power. It's like, you want to experience this? You want to experience? You want to have this experience? This essential experience in life? You little fucking shit. Yeah. Well, you better behave yourself on the podcast. And so, 
he i there are a number of rules we're not i'm not going to bore you by going through all the rules he gave me of things not to talk about how to praise him when mm-hmm. to praise him mm-hmm. where to praise him exactly and i plan on following through because i want to yeah. i want to be a groomsman at that wedding because i love my friend Stuart. thanks why mm-hmm. no i and i i i'm i know that love and that's why i'm using it against mm-hmm. you here so thank you and i that. respect a good business shark like you you know where you have leverage. You know you know where you have leverage, and I like that. I'm actually quite excited to have Wyatt up there with oh. me as a groomsman as well. I'm, so. I'm really excited and was so honored. Should we go to Letters from the Road, Stu? Let's do it. Do you want to lead us off? I would love to. So I had, I had something of a profound morning where I woke up and... You know, I've been having... I've had some a little bit of tension recently, I think. You know... Whatever, just feeling a little bit like me versus myself in the quarantine days. Like, how productive can you be? Like, how productive should you be? I woke up this morning and uh, looked at my phone, which is what I often do very first thing. And often, what you see on your phone very first thing isn't good. Or it doesn't help you. It's just whatever. You're consuming garbage. It puts you in some kind of mood. This morning was a little different. The first thing I saw was just what I needed to hear. So I opened my Instagram and, and there's a message from my sister, Kelsey. Do you know about human design, Stuart? Do you know about the human design no, I don't. Uh, concept? So I don't really either. I, I just know the very, very tip of the iceberg. But human design basically classifies people into four groups, I think it is. Projector, manifester, generator, and manifestor generator. Maybe there are more. I'm, I'm going to butcher this. But they're basically personality types. I am a, I'm yep. a projector. And I don't know if you could tell by the way I, was, by the way I speak. But <laughs> it's probably obvious. project so well. <laughs> <laughs> probably obvious at this point. Yeah. I am a projector. Mm-hmm. Kelsey sends me this thing of like what is important for projectors to know. You place your value as a human being in your productivity come or and and then something like accept that you are valuable regardless and i thought i meditated on that for a second i was like you know what i have been putting so much yeah so much of my self-worth and how much i've been doing every day and uh and and staying busy with that and 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 like you know a good day will be a day where i've done a lot and i and i thought Mm -hmm. to myself okay today i'm going to try to put no value in my productivity. I am going to just meditate on the fact that because I'm a human being, I'm valuable. And I'm gonna go about this day like that. And what I noticed was in the morning, I started moving a lot slower. Uh, and actually, I so I walked my dog and walked around the block and, and I did start feel like I was noticing the trees more. I was noticing the colors more. I was slowing down. Oh yeah, the by the way, important, <laughs> important, piece of that thing it was saying about the projector is slow down and smell the roses that was the last line Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of lingering in my head so i was walking around that morning put me in such a good mood that slow walk i come back i cook breakfast before my exercise i do yoga instead of pilates this morning and um and went to the beach and drove slowly found i was not that frustrated by traffic because there's nowhere to go if you don't ha- if you don't feel like you have to do anything to be important <laughs> in a day then yeah. 
the hurry is kind of taken away. And I, I definitely have been hurrying recently. Mm-hmm. So so I noticed this drive. I drove to Long Beach, which was like 45 minutes. And I noticed on the drive, yeah, it was just like much less stress. I was listening to an audiobook and I was retaining so much more information. So then, you know, go to the beach and I just have a really nice uh, morning with my dog on the beach, her just running around and feeling like there was nothing really to get back to. And granted, I know I was lucky to have a day just pretty much totally open that allowed me to kind of do this properly but i'm not saying it was a my life is fixed and now suddenly i have the answers (laughs) Um, but it was just such a good reminder for me and it was exactly what i needed to hear and i hope to dedicate more days to that you know i think we kind of grazed on that concept a few times Mm -hmm. where like you know you know what i think exercise does that probably helps a projector Mm -hmm. type is it it does force you to slow down because you 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 know, you exude energy, like, Mm. you know, you like you express a bunch of energy. And I often find after exercise in the morning throughout the day, there's like, there's less franticism over what's accomplished, Mm. because it's like, I already did that one thing, my body moved well, and I, you know, felt my lungs operating. And it's like that basic thing can be so helpful. Um, Yes. But also, yeah, it's just such an, to be very cliche, but like the concept of getting old and, and, and slowing down, really basing that in in the in the fact that an old person's identity is tied to what has happened already Mm -hmm. whereas you know when we're younger and still trying to find our identity it's all about what we're doing now and what's going to happen in the future and and that's why there's this constant fire yeah under the ass um well and really trying to find that old person mentality where you know trusting in the the you know the identifying experiences and, and knowing who you are as soon as possible. Kind of, yeah. And you and I, I believe last year were voted old souls of the, of the podcast world. 2020s, That's 2020s right. oldest souls of, uh, of yeah. the young adult podcast arena. Exactly. My, uh, uh, what is it? My, the, my grandma loves this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my grandma thinks they're fine young boys. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. No, but I I think you're spot on, Stuart. And actually, would you do me a favor? Just sometime in the next two weeks. Yeah. Would you take that human design test? Because I'm curious what you what you are, if you're a projector or a man. I, so, I feel um, like you might have some manifestor energy in you as well. I'm going to quickly make a note for myself okay, here. Okay, cool. All right, I will for sure take that. That sounds interesting. I always love a good personality test. Yeah, um, of those that was nice too and that's my letters from the road great um lovely thank you wyatt um as i mentioned at the start of the podcast i um am on a little trip uh we my brother um and i booked this cabin in park city my brother is a he loves skiing and snow he loves snowboarding i do as well but he's He's, he makes sure he gets out there every year, and um, we were trying to figure out a way to do it somewhat safely, and and uh, we booked this week a few months back and, and came out here. So um, it's been really nice. We're staying in a little cabin in, in Park City. Uh, I've been working. Um, both of our fiancés are here as well, and they've been working as well and skiing when we can ski. But it's been 
really nice. I've had a couple solo moments on this on the slopes, which um, I love more and mm-hmm. more as I've gotten better and better at snowboarding. I love uh, you know just having some music on and and you know getting to a quiet place and and not pushing it too hard and just kind of relaxing on the mountain. Now, um, when you say those, when you say solo. Do you mean you are taking yeah. a solo run or you're just taking a moment off away from the gang or is this like you actually stop or what, what is a solo moment for you on the mountain? Um, it is a combination of all of the above. So I, um, it's often, so on Saturday I was, I was the only person who went snowboarding. So I was just by myself for the entire afternoon. And so that's a lot of like solo runs, a lot of just like going through the trees, mm-hmm. finding a nice place to sit, uh, and just kind of it's nice and quiet and right now relative to what i remember park city being like um so it's easy to kind of find a a quiet spot and yeah it's like it's just uh it's like so many of those like i imagine similar to surfing i'm not a big surfer but just like enough engagement physically that you really can yeah just peace out so so Um, what i'm hearing is uh is that the rest of the crew was like we just want to, yeah, we just want to maybe have our own moment on, a, on another <laughs> run. And you're like, great. Yeah, no, I'll just, I, I love, I love snowboard. I love riding alone. I love uh, cruising alone. I love, I'm a border guy and I'll do that you know anywhere. I'll do that. I just love the board. I'll rock the board anywhere. You know, why don't you guys just take the whole day? You know, I'll, I'll just be alone. That's... Totally fine. I'll give you your um, space and because I rock this board. Yeah. Um, that's, you're hearing exactly right away. I, I, you know, I think, um, it's been, you know, we've talked about quarantine and, and quarantine brain and all that uh-huh. stuff on this podcast, but you know, it is also like, uh, when you have a partner, uh-huh. um, it's such a blessing in lockdown, mm-hmm. but also is all of your waking time is with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we both enjoyed like having some other people around to, to, talk about something else or have someone else yeah engaging occupying your time mm. um so uh, i think that'll be restorative for both of us but interesting um, can i ask you a question and and feel free we can edit this out or or whatever but yeah. have you what are some things you found like having a partner in quarantine i'm sure it has its challenges and its wonderful qualities mm-hmm. um is there something you've learned about relationships from quarantine from being quarantined with someone Um, or has it helped you grow in any sort of way um (laughs) you're you're like nope it has (laughs) (laughs) i am definitely what's the opposite of growing uh no um i um yes it definitely has i mean it was something that i already kind of suspected but just become so much more apparent in in quarantine is you know just the concept of that everything is being a choice Mm -hmm. so you know if if you are not choosing to protect your time it will if your partner and your partner is choosing to make decisions with time you will get you will do their choice Mm. i am not very good about like being clear about like what i want out of my day you know like i want quiet morning i want protected time in the afternoon to work out or the weekend i want no plans on saturday because i want to work on a song or something yeah. like that i'm not very good at um at protecting those times and in normal life 
you know, Margot's a planner. She would have tons of plans with friends and other stuff going on. And I would just kind of find those pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but in quarantine, it, it's been, it's been a forced lesson in like, you need to be communicative and clear, mm-hmm. uh, and also make choices with your time. Otherwise you'll just kind of get dragged along and then get to the end of the weekend and be like, well, shit, what did I, what do I have to show for it? What did I do mm-hmm. for me? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's classic relationship. You then get mad at your partner, even though they didn't do anything. They just <laughs> wanted to have a, you know, their idea of a fun weekend and you didn't communicate what yours yeah. was. And then you kind of, but, um, so I've gotten, I wouldn't, won't say I've gotten better at that, okay. but I have learned the importance of that yeah. more. <laughs> Otherwise my, my letters are not, not that thrilling. I think it's, I, you know, skiing is such a great hobby because there's a relearning period that's like two or three days um, that is very confidence boosting where you like, you feel all the skills that you've learned over the years come back mm. rather than just them being there. It's kind of fun to feel them come back and you feel like you're learning again and you, you know, uh, you're able to appreciate all those little uh, capabilities your body has again, more clearly. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that kind of in the context of like my journey back into uh, creative space. And I think I felt that in the improv class, which is why I enjoyed it so much is kind of this concept of relearning something, but also like remembering that you learned it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and appreciating it so much as it, as it comes back to you, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, should we go to, um, the, the part of the show where we bring something that we've been working on and we, and we give it to people to say if they hate it or if they love it and they have a right to do that, but we, we don't like them for doing that. Um, yes, we should. Okay. Um, that time, that part of the episode is called Face the critics. Face the critics. Face certainly do. Face. <laughs> we certainly like to face those yeah. critics. Oh, yes, we do. Step right up. Come yeah. on in. Um, I just realized we don't have a sponsor this week. It's okay. I mean, we had a big sponsor last week. Yeah. Um, well, Lobster Lock. I believe we're. I I believe we're. We could give Lobster Lock another shout out, right? Yeah. No, we totally could. Yeah. I mean, they're not paying us for that. But, um, <laughs> this guy's got business. Maybe this, this guy is... is a business <laughs> shark, my friends. Lobster lock, lobster lock, lobster lock. Yeah. Remember the brand. Check them out on Amazon. Also secure. made by a great guy, Benji. Yeah. Whom both of us know and, yes. know and love and have a tremendous history with. So it's, yeah, and a brand is a brand is really only the people behind the brand. Yeah, you know, and, I, and I would argue there's money involved. Benji holds up. <laughs> I would. I can I speak up for money for a second? No. Yes. Okay. Sure. I just want to say. All of a sudden, you're the business guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in the podcast, you're the guy who invested in GME and <laughs> hundreds of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we got. You know, it's true. One of us. One of us hit that GameStop bubble and the other did not. <laughs> Stu, you really, you really, I don't want to be um, cr- brazen here or brash or what it, crass, crass is the word. You really tapped, you mm-hmm. really smacked that GameStop bubble. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I recklessly read one article and yeah. 
and threw some petty cash in there, baby. I'm proud of you for that. Well, let's get let's get let's get down to it. Let's get down to face the critics, Stu. <laughs> it's time to face the critics. <gasps> oh no! Help me! Ooh, mamacita. Do you have anything to share with us today? Today. Well, you know what, Wyatt? I um, I'm gonna surprise you today. Whoa! I feel like I surprise you most days with face the critics. But, you know, I w woke up this morning, and I was stressing about Face the Critics. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was supposed to go snowboarding with my brother, which I did, but ended up getting cut short because I fell really hard. Oh, no. Um, but this morning, I decided that um, on vacation, my Face the Critics is not a work in progress. It's a past work that I, you know, maybe the structure is that, you know, like, once every couple months or you know if you just had one of those weeks you can you can face the critics with a past piece i love that and, and i was gonna say i know i just used my forbidden phrase again but <laughs> i do truly do all of my affection goes out to that idea and i was thinking the same thing <laughs> great that's amazing to hear um i um yeah you know it's a chance for people to kind of look back on on a past and our pasts and our previous creative accomplishments mine is I, I was thinking about how to make it communicate well over a podcast um but i think i'm just gonna have to describe it after you've viewed it and um i will share a youtube link with you uh for our listeners i did a lot of musical theater in high school and one of the things i'm most proud of is I, early in my musical theater career, was a background dancer for a, a piece called uh, Bigger Isn't Better as part of <laughs> Barnum, uh, the musical sung mm. by Tom Thumb. And mm. I am a beef eater background dancer. And because wow. Tom Thumb is supposed to be tiny, I wore stilts. So this video is me background dancing in stilts. And uh, I'm gonna share with the clip Wyatt, the Wyatt, the Wyatt with the clip Wyatt right Fan now. <laughs> fantastic! I am so excited. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm already. Oh my god! Oh, oh. wait! Is this you in blue here? No, no, no. That's okay. that's Alex Hahn, who's a great, great uh, performer in his own right. But um, okay, you'll see me here shortly. <laughs> which one are you you must be on the right uh yes on the right yeah Could be, you know how i know because you're you're dancing with so much more enthusiasm than the other guy <laughs> you'll you'll notice that i'm like a foot and a half taller than the other guy that's because i'm on the highest possible stilt setting i was just <laughs> so good at stilts <laughs> oh God, this is very, um, you look like Ginger Baker or something. Do you know Ginger Baker, the drummer? No, I don't know Ginger Baker, uh, but that, I think that's, that's really it. Oh my or God, that's not. so, oh, 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 <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, look at the production okay. value, those elephant legs. My high school had the most insane theater. It was crazy to come to, to Stanford after high school and, <laughs> you know, like... mem, mem, 
Memod was like, you know, just as good, older than yeah. my high school theater, which is pretty wild. That's funny. You come to Sarah and you're like, this is what we're working with? Hi, hi, hi. Well, there's my, there's my uh, face the critics from the past. That so, is so fun. Is that a cane? Wait on me. How, that is a cane, yeah. I end up walking off backwards. You know, I'm just proud of my stilt work there. Yeah. And I'd love to someday get back up on stilts. I don't know how or where in life, but... Yeah. Um, uh, my, time to, my turn to talk? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not surprised you, share, you shared that with me because there is the essence of stew is in there. The essence of stew is embedded in that stilt walk there. And it's, uh, oh God, it's like a, there's, there's a regal quality and there is a playful, like a, almost, I'm, I'm a little bit reminded of Silly Walks, but there's um, the Monty Python sketch, but there's also this like dancey, oh, oh. yeah, you, you're a good chap, you know, but, but there's, it's also like weird and a little bit like trippy and psychedelic maybe and uh with the bell bottoms there there's like a 70s kind of element and um but i i'm so impressed by how your body seemed your body you really embodied someone that tall how they would their arms would move around yeah i'm i love that oh there i go (laughs) my forbidden (laughs) my forbidden phrase and listeners, we'll sh- we'll share that link so you can see my uh, my early stilt days because it's probably one of the pieces of work I'm most proud of. <clears throat> Thank you, Stu. So for my face, the critics today, I have two two sort of lines of thinking. The first one was, I was thinking, you know, when psychics are bringing up imagery, psychics or energy readers or uh, intuitives. And, and they're talking about energy readings. Say they're like looking at you, reading your energy. They go, oh, I'm seeing like a, a phoenix that's kind of these ashes are are burning away from this fire and a phoenix is coming up. And I'm seeing you as a lion like emerging out of the phoenix's mouth. And there's like fireworks and waves. And, and um, mm-hmm. psychics use very profound imagery. And it got me thinking, why doesn't mundane imagery ever come into... A psychic reading like that like yeah. an energy reading like why why couldn't it be like you know i'm getting a stapler and and uh and it's and and i see you know it's a little bit jammed and you're jiggling it and but okay but then but but here's the thing so i was like oh that's kind of funny and then but then as i was continuing down that road everything i said started to sound metaphorical even the staplers the stapler is i you know you're jiggling the stapler it's jammed and then i thought well that you know that obviously is a metaphor for some unexpressed mm. emotion you have and then yeah, I, and I was like quite profound yeah and then i was like damn it let me think of something more mundane and then i was like okay you're like a, a dish uh in the dishwasher and, and a little bit of water is spraying on you okay so clearly you're struggling with feeling subordinated and blah 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 blah, blah. and then so my exercise in trying to make this joke and make this character was well, everything sounds profound. And then the final step. Oh, shoot. Did you hear me? Okay. I've got you. Then, yep. then the final step was everything. So I said, everything started to sound profound. And then my final step of thinking was everything is profound. 
and that's where I left that. <laughs> that's where I that's where I left that line of thinking. I was like, wow, I, I was trying to craft this joke, and I was like, hold on a second. Everything is profound. Put that yeah. in the you know drawer and stow that away for later. So that was one that, line of thinking. I mean, a big conclusion there is being a reader is a excellent line of work. I mean, it's hard to misfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or either that or I have some crazy unexplored talent for intuitive readings mm -hmm. and psychic readings. And, you know, I'm not going to take that off the table either. My next line of thinking, I was in the car driving to the beach this morning. And yes. I was thinking about, it was just coming into my head how I was thinking about art history and, you know, how someone like writing a thesis on art, they often it's it's much better to be to follow something specific and a really dopey thought entered my brain where i was like what if there was what if there was some bro like a really smart like a art history bro who decided he was going to trace the historical evolution of the depiction of breasts in art from say uh and and so his entire thesis is focused on just just breasts and how they are uh and how they are depicted in in art over time and so i was imagining yep. i don't know what this character would sound like but i was imagining something i want from this character is for him to call them boobies always so <laughs> you know it's very so you start with you know just very triangular boobies and then <laughs> All right. you move into the Renaissance, you start getting much more texture on the boobies. <laughs> All right. My booby history begins with the <laughs> petroglyphs and pictographs of Grand Gulch. You'll notice these ones were hanging lower than these ones. and But he's actually good. You know, he's actually doing a really yeah. impressive deep dive and has... Yeah. But it got me thinking, has anyone ever written a, pa a paper on this on the history of boobies and how they are depicted in art i think it'd be interesting and it reminded yeah. me of yet another story which is my snowboard coach shout out to andy gilbert was um he had i think it was an uncle or something was a doctor and had a very good sense of humor and wrote his thesis or whatever i, I don't know what it's called on the history of the sphincter and like the history of the sphincter and the history of the understanding of how the sphincter worked, it was basically like a fully comprehensive like PhD on this just the sphincter, just that one little muscle, just the butthole, just the butthole muscle. I yeah, you know, I feel like that could be one a funny character and also you, a, a opportunity to learn and share. You know, it, it'd be it would genuinely be educational. It could be yeah. interesting to like how depictions of breasts, you know, reflected <laughs> oh, elements in society. I just made a connection. You remember the the Bee Gees character uh, detective who's like piecing together the history of the Bee Gees yes. in this like really manic, like tormented way. I'm imagining this guy <laughs> yeah. writing this sphincter, like okay, but the sphincter I, it doesn't make sense. The sphincter was thought to it was introduced into medical records in the 1600s. Yet yet people knew and were using the sphincter as a tool outside of the human body dating back to 1325 it's not adding up and this guy just slowly disappearing into a world of the sphincter and he's like red pilled he like gets red pilled by his sphincter studies <laughs> i like it 
I can't believe that he actually there's an act, there's a dissertation out there about the history of the sphincter. There, I think there is. Yeah, I'll have to take that up with Andy Gilbert. But it, it, he told it. To, he told me that you know maybe 15 years ago. But I do remember it. <laughs> I do remember him saying that. So, Andy, call me. Well, I I loved your uh, your face the critics. You brought two things, which is kind of a show off. Move, well, but, two um, two not even jokes, <laughs> just lines of thinking. Thoughts are. Thoughts can be very creative. Um, well, Wyatt, um, we, you know, last week we we had some good, 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 good. I'm thinking of good teachers. I'm reeking of good teachers. Good teachers. We're really finding our jam there on the good intentions. Do we want to? mood acknowledge our intentions from last week which i to be frank don't entirely remember what my good intention was yes i want to acknowledge because i'm a failing student for my intentions last week my intention was to text you every day oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. journaled and your intention was to send me a character every day which you did for four days yeah i think i did three um, days and yeah Ah, damn but yeah hey no this is not no shame allowed Thank you True. for doing it for four days. I didn't do my intention because it was a travel week and I got overwhelmed. And I still like journaling and I will get back at it. Mm. Um, but um, so that's last week's recap. For me this week, um, I'm not going to have many um, strong creative intentions um, just because it's going to be another short week for me. Um, but I'll, I have a little notebook that I brought on the, on the road. So I'm trying to just write a bunch of song lyrics and stuff like that while, while I'm traveling. Uh, if you want to share any of those song lyrics with me, I would love to read them. Okay. I would love yeah, to read them. Yeah, that's a good them. idea, actually. There we go. Accountability. I'll yeah. Do some, Please some do. Some stanzas I'm proud of. Please do. I would, re- I would seriously love that. Okay, my intention, my good intention for this week is to keep this, I, to keep fostering this um, inherent value mindset and stop believing that I need to be hurried, rushed to be productive always and start listening to what I actually, you know, a, a deeper, a deeper need or a deeper urge. So if I, if the urge to paint comes up that i let it not be from a hurried place of needing to be productive to feel valuable let it come from a place of this this is fun this sounds fun this sounds like a place to explore and um basically continue yeah whatever whatever i found this morning and and maybe i'll text you about your results when you take that uh when you take that human design test yes sir all right, Wyatt. Well, episode five. Um, thank Epis- you again to five. Lobster Lock. Yeah. Thanks to our listeners. Yeah. We'll we'll put a lobster lock on that episode. Thank you all for <laughs> listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Five is a milestone. Bye bye.